We'll put up on the overhead Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to see this as we get started this morning. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be putting the amplified version over on the overhead for you to read also. I want you to see this and read this. Hallelujah. Let's hear me say the Word. His Word. All of it. It's for me. And it's for you. And when we read, we're reading about you. And it says here in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 17, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll be studying this prayer on a Wednesday night soon, the Father of glory, that He may grant you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. How many know that is some type of invitation? By having the eyes of your heart flooded, not a little bit, but flooded with light, glory, so that you, you can know and understand the hope which He has called you. Say, I'm called. What is this calling? And how rich His glory inheritance in the saints has set apart one. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength, which He exalted, exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, every title that can be conferred, not only in this age but in this world, but also in the age in the world which is to come, and has put all things under His feet, and appointed Him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. For in the body lives the full measure of Him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with Himself. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now, what I want to share with you is that many times we put emphasis on what we're doing or what we've done. But what I want to start on a series, uh, continue the series that we've been doing, is that it's not just what you're doing, but who you've become. You're becoming the likeness of Christ Jesus in so many areas. And so many times with so much emphasis on what I've done. Well, you know, I worked in this ministry. I helped with this. I've done this. I've done that. And we put a lot of emphasis on that. And praise God for all of that fruit that remains. But I want you to know that there is a you that is in the fullness of Christ, that is about ready to be manifested on this earth for people to see Jesus like they've never seen Him before in this age and this hour. Can I hear an amen? It's the call of God for you. He called you and you, who you are, to be the manifestation of Him. And you know, so many times we say, well, what do I have to offer? Well, you know, uh, my, my boys read a lot of uh, biographies for school and so forth and so on. And how many of you heard of uh, George Washington Carver? How many of you know that he was born a slave? His mother, his father was a slave down the road and ended up getting killed tragically. His mother was a slave. And when he was born, they came and they stole him and his mother. And they found him. They put a reward out. The Carvers did. They found him, put a reward out, never found the mother, brought him back to where he was, the plantation where he, he was there serving, and uh, raised him. And they even gave him his last name. And she would read to him. Uh, his dad died. He, he had a disease in his throat, almost lost his voice, almost died, but lost a lot of his 
his voice. And one day, he was 10 years old, he, he said, I want to do something in my life to glorify God. How many of you know, you might be going through things in your life, but God can take a slave and end up making them a scientist. Because he was standing there one day looking at the stars and the moon, and he says, Lord, I want to understand your universe so I can tell about your glory. And all of a sudden, a peanut rolled by his feet. And he picked up the peanut, and the Lord says, you can't express my universe but you can express me through this peanut. And he came up with 300 recipes of what to do with a peanut. And I don't know about you, but I'm a big peanut butter eater. And a lot of it is because of a man that was born into slavery. He came up with over 500 different dyes to dye clothes. He came up with hundreds of recipes for soybeans and, and came up with all kinds of different things, even how to break, uh, how to mend razor burn. And all, he taught the people to rotate the crops like the Bible teaches and, and all kinds of different things he came up with. And he said it was all because I, I wanted God to be glorified and God to be magnified. And we limit ourselves because of how we were born or what we don't have or what we do have. But George Washington Carver, he said this. He said, 99% of the failures come from people who are in a habit of making them. And what we want to do is we want to break that habit. Can I hear an amen? Look at me quickly in Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. And we want to look at some mysteries here that give us revelation of who we are and who we are becoming in Christ Jesus. Proverbs chapter 30. As you can tell, I have our picture up here of, uh, you know, to the right, you see the physical body, and that's what we see on the outward appearance. But how many know that on the inward appearance, there's the heart of a lion? And how many of you know that lion is made of gold? And when you've been tried, and you've gone through the fire, and you've suffered, and you've been through some things, the Bible says you'll come forth as someone who is tried, as, and your heart will be as pure gold. And that's what God has wanted to develop in us. Because, you know, the world, as you can hear, they're tired of church is the norm. They're tired of seeing people who say one thing but live and do another thing. How many of you know it's time for the manifestation of the sons of God to rule and reign on this earth and manifest the Christ that we all know and whom we serve? And it says here in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 18, For there are three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. And how many of you know all of these are four revelations of who we are in Christ Jesus? If you're taking notes, I want to talk about the first one. I'll be talking about the first one in a minute. But the second one says there, the way of a serpent upon the rock. How many of you know the rock stands for the word in Christ Jesus? How many of you know we have authority with the word of God? Can I hear an amen? How many know that we have authority in the Word of God when we get a revelation of who Jesus is? But it comes by meditation, and it comes by revelation. Where's, where's Corbin? Is Corbin still here? Corbin? Is Corbin here? Corbin, your son. Yeah. He's where? He's back there. Well, he was supposed to be my example this morning. I'm going to get that boy anyway. Corbin, you tell him I was going to use him this morning. Corbin is a black belt, right? He, he'll be a black belt. Anyway, this guy, he, he's got some moves, and he's into competition. And, and, and uh, No, just leave him alone, Jay. He's, he's, yeah, leave him alone. I don't want him now. <laughs> he, 
knows martial arts and he competes. And I was thinking about this the other day. You know, he had to practice and he had to practice and he had to memorize those moves so that if any time he's up against something, he can move without thinking. Now, when I was in seventh grade, I got a book on judo. And it was to teach yourself at home. And I learned how to fall, which came in handy for football the next year. But in judo, I taught myself how to fall and I learned a few moves. But I tell you the difference between me and Carbon. If it would have been, if I'd be walking down an alley and some guy comes up to me and puts a gun into my, into my back and says, I want all your money, I would have to pull out my book and go to the page of where it shows me how to defend myself. And I would say, sir, would you mind holding the book? Okay, give me your, give me your wrist. Okay, number one, I've got to turn your arm like that, turn your wrist like that, and then you're supposed to drop your knife. How many of you know there is no thief that's going to allow me to pull my manual out and learn how to take the weapon out of his hand? How many know if I want to be that good, i got to practice to be that good? Now, if it was Corbin, without thinking, he'd do a, a what you call a, a, a land... He'd do a, you know, one of them good kicks and knock him upside down his head and knock him on the ground and take the gun out of his hand and he'd have him knocked out in no time at all. Why? He doesn't have to go back to the manual. The manual's in him. And the way of a serpent on the rock is the way that we're supposed to be with the Word. We've got to meditate and we've got to proclaim the Word of God to where the manual's in us. And it's not like, what was that scripture? No, it is written. God wants us to get to that point to where, like a serpent on a rock, that Satan, just like when he came to Tim Jesus among the rocks, he had no authority and no rule because Christ just spoke the word and said it is written, and Satan had to leave. The next mystery is a ship in the sea, which represents the church in the world. How many know we are in the world and not of it? And a ship crossed in the sea and get into a lot of storms. And there may not be a lot of things that beat against the ship. But just like Paul, we know whose God we serve and that he is with us and not against us. And the angel of the Lord said that all who sail with us will make it. So how many of you know the church is not going to sink and go under? But we're going to the other side. Amen. Then it talks about a man with a maid. And there it talks about the mystery and the relationship we all hear when we go to weddings. Christ and the bride. But I want to talk to you for just a few moments today, because that's all we have left. I want to talk to you about the eagles. And I want to tell you something right quick about the way. That word, the way of an eagle in the air. That word way, and I hope you're taking notes here today. That word in the Hebrew means the manner and the way of life. But it's also the word worship. That the word worship is the manner of life. But it's also the word, listen to this. The word way there is the word for courtship and creation. How many of you know that when an eagle, a male eagle, wants to impress a female eagle, which they are coveted and they are married together. In fact, there's more eagles together than there are humans, I think. They have a better not divorce rate than we do. But whenever they want to get together, the female eagle will drop a stick to see how fast that male eagle can dive after and grab it. Because one day that male eagle will have to be saving their eaglets. So that mother wants to know she's got a good man. How many of you know that maybe you ought to bring that man you're dating and you ought to take him to the top of a mountain and you ought to throw a stick and see how good he'll be good at <laughs> And when they, she's, when he catches that stick and she says he's good, they'll grab each other's talons and they'll do a type of dance in the air because they're saying, I'm holding on to you 
and I'm falling, but I trust that you will save me and I will save you back. Isn't that awesome? Well, there's something about we see the way of courtship and the way of knowing we belong to Christ Jesus. Now, listen, the word for air there, you need to write this down. The way of an eagle in the air, the word for air there, it means alluding to the visible, to reach a specific place. It means to go where the clouds move. It means where celestial bodies resolve. It speaks of invisible power, supernatural forces. It's the mystery of a believer without visible support who lives by the supernatural power of God living like a supernatural being. It means I don't know how to tell you how I'm going to make it. I just know in whom I believe in that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I can't explain how I believe that God is going to heal me in the midst of this pain. I can't tell you the ways that God is going to rescue me out of this situation. But I do know this, that I have had my eyes enlightened like the eagles to where I'm going to soar to where it is beyond human reasoning and soar beyond, beyond my natural understanding and my natural seeing. And I'm going to put my eyes upon the author and the finisher of my faith. And I'm not going to be moved by what I see, but I'm going to go forward by what I believe in my heart because I've read in the Word of God that if I can believe, all things are possible unto him that believes. And I've read in the Word of God that all things are possible to him that believes and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've just got to be determined and I've just got to be believing that we can do it. And I've even got to be willing to get beyond my natural reasoning and say, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to believe God. I read about one of the commanders. He was part of this parachute group. Uh, they were jumping out of airplanes and put on these parachute shoot, uh, shows. And uh, he jumped out of the plane one day and his parachute uh, opened, but it, it, wasn't, oh, it didn't open right. And he kept falling, so he tried cutting the strings, but the strings wouldn't cut. So then he opened his other parachute, which he knew wouldn't work, and it got wrapped around the other parachute, and he hit the ground and broke every bone in his body. And he looked at his suit as he, when he came to before he passed out again, and bones were sticking out of his suits, and, and it had just totally messed him up. But the six months that he was in therapy, he learned how to fly, and when he, the day he got out of the hospital, he made his wife drive him to the airport, and he passed his pilot license. Then he made her take her, take him to the same place where he fell and get on the plane to skydive again. And all of his friends and family says, you just got out of the hospital today, the same day. He went and got his pilot license. Then he decides to go skydiving. He says, your bones will splatter. You'll never make it. He says, I'm going to face it and I'm going to do it. They brought him up. He jumped out, just out of the hospital, jumped out, and he landed on his one good leg. And then he started studying on how to mend splattered bones. One philosopher once said, I'll take all my broken pieces of my life and I'll make a parachute out of it. Because I'm not going to fall and crash. I'm going to land and keep walking. So whatever areas in your life that you've been battling, whatever things you've been going through... God is looking for eagles. Let me tell you something about eagles. 
eagles don't flock together. We've been singing his eyes on the sparrow for so many years that we've stayed in our little nest and we're thinking, God, I thank you that you supply my needs. God, I thank you that you're doing what I need. Thank you that you know what I had need of. And we're like a bunch of little sparrows, all kind of nests, and we all flock together and we're just all quick and cracking and just begging for worms and everything else. And God has said, I haven't called you. I said, consider the sparrow, but I didn't call you to be a sparrow. I called you to be an eagle. I didn't call you to live among the low places. I didn't say you need a lot of people for a support base. I called you to be willing to even soar alone at times, but keep your eyes on me and keep going in the areas that seem invisible in your life. You hear me? God is looking for eagles. Now, a few years ago, the Lord gave me a word, and I wrote it down, and I saw a pelican, and we used to see pelicans in the Caribbean very very often, and the pelicans just go up and down, looking for a fish, and go up and up and down and up and down. And the Lord says, I'm getting ready to change the state bird from a pelican to an eagle. And I started decreeing that. And then not long after that, I was watching Charles Stanley, and all of a sudden, as he was on the platform, an eagle came, flew across the, uh, the uh, church and landed on his arm. I believe the eagle's name was Champion, and is the only eagle, Challenger, thank you, Challenger, he was the only eagle that is allowed to fly indoors in stadiums and in churches. And when he was talking about this eagle, this eagle came from Louisiana. It had fell out of a tree because of a storm. Somebody found it, and it was raised, and now it was able to fly in open spaces. Now, not long ago, uh, just a week before last, I was watching, I turned on this channel, and they were talking about eagles. And they were talking about how eagles are no longer on the endangered species list. And the Holy Ghost said, that's my people. That power and that authority and that might that I'm looking for is no longer on the endangered species list. They, they may not be known on TV or even may not be known in the church, but they're known by me and they're known in hell because they've been praying, they've been decreeing, and they've been walking in areas of victory, authority, and power like they never have before. They've said, I've had enough of yielding to this low life, and I'm willing for God to use me, and I'm willing to soar into the high places with Christ Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen. Eagles speak of strength, courage, beauty. Authority and freedom. Eagles defy clones and modes, models. Eagles are not called to be another clone. Jake's not, Jake is not called to, to be like me, even though he's on staff and he's been here for a while and he's a spiritual son and he's a minister in this church, but he doesn't have to look like me, talk like me, be like me. He has his own personality. He has his own temperament. He even last night got his own word. Why? Because he's God's own man. God is not looking for a bunch of people to be a bunch of clones. God is not asking you to talk or act like somebody that you admire. He's wanting you to be you. You hear me, church? Because He made you, as we read in Ephesians, to be a blessing. Eagles never stay the same. They always want to go higher and, and do special things. Eagles don't accept the normal. How many of you know that it's just time to stop accepting whatever seems to be normal? How many of you know that you don't just take the ordinary as a part of your life? There was a movie a while back, and there was this man. He wanted toast. Well, the waitress said, we can't make toast today. That's already passed. It's too late for breakfast. But I want toast. He said, I'm sorry, but we were, you're not getting toast today. So he sat there for a while, and most of us would say, okay, well, that's all right. But he sat there, and he says, I'll tell you what. I want a tuna sandwich on rye, and I want it toasted. Okay. And as she was walking away, he said, oh, wait a minute. Just skip the mayonnaise. Oh, okay, no mayonnaise. 
And as she was walking away, he says, skip the chicken salad too. And she wrote that down. He says, now I got my toast. (laughs) How many of you know that there are answers and mysteries and secrets in the spirit realm inside of you of God wanting you to say, instead of saying, well, I'll just settle that, stop settling and start believing me for that which has not been normal to this day, but start believing that I'm going to take in areas you haven't seen and areas you haven't known. Amen. Amen, church. But you know what? We've got to understand that God's called us to be eagles. But listen to the difference. Just a few years ago, do you know what the number one T-shirt in Japan was? The number one T-shirt in Japan said, we are number one. Do you know the same year what the number one T-shirt in the United States was? Underachiever and proud of it. If you read these T-shirts, you'll know what I'm saying is true. There's a, I mean, the T-shirts are negative and it's funny and everybody laughs. But the truth is, you know, we're going around with a sign that says, I'm with stupid. <laughs> yeah? We need to be making some T-shirts that say, I'm with an eagle and I'm an eagle too. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But we do things and we think it's cute and these cliches. But the truth is, how are we going to rise to the altitudes where God wants to bring us if we're keeping our mindsets and our hearts down and we're saying, I'll never arrive to that. I'll never do that when you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Can I hear an amen, church? Now, quickly, I'm talking about the devil and the snake. How many know that the snake is the number one enemy of the eagle? When the mother eagle's away, that snake will crawl up there because she wants to get, that snake wants to get in the nest. But that eagle has a special sense that it senses when something's wrong and it'll come back. And this is what the eagle will do. The eagle will come and it'll come right at that snake and grab that snake and just soar real fast as high as it can. And it goes to the rockiest places and it'll drop that snake on the rock. And that snake hit the rocks, and by the time it hits the rocks, the eagle's already got it again and going up again. And then it'll drop it again. And then by the time the snake's trying to wake itself, the eagle will do it again. And he'll drop that snake five or six times. And then by the time that the snake is totally dizzy, how many of you know if you keep hitting the enemy? The Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. James 1, 2 says, count it all joy when you're going through the trials and trials and tribulations and problems. When that devil gets dizzy because of you, instead of you this time saying, I quit and give up, and instead of giving up and quitting and running and, and hiding, that all of a sudden that eagle, when that snake is so dizzy and doesn't know what to do, that eagle will start getting after it with its beak and start pumping that head, beating that head, beating that head until he totally kills that snake. Then he takes the snake and brings it back to the nest. But this time, instead of being an enemy, it's food. Well, that's what we've got to do in the spirit realm. As an eagle in the air, when that enemy comes, we just got to keep hitting him and hitting him and hitting him and hitting him and praising God and rejoicing anyway and dancing before the Lord and praising God. And the enemy goes, you know what? You've come to bother me, but devil, since you're already here, I'm going to drive you crazy. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise the power of the blood. I'm going to exalt the name of Jesus. Since you're going to be around anyway, instead of you tormenting me, I'm going to turn around and torment you. And I'm going to glorify my God, praise my God, worship my King, speak the Word. And I'm going to cause you to be dizzy and then I'm going to tear you to pieces with the sword and the Word of God. Amen? Look with me in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans 5, verse 17. You've got to see who you are in Christ Jesus. The eagles call, you know, the lions call the king, 
of the jungle, but the eagle is called the king of the air. And you're both of those because the spirit of the lion and the eagle is inside of you. And you know how many of you know we don't have to give in to circumstances if we don't want to. We can learn through the Word of God to where, like the example I gave, I, I, I may be using the manual at first, but praise God, I'm getting the Word and the Spirit of Christ on the inside of me so that I don't have to look at the manual to save my life. The Word of God is living on the inside of me so I can speak the lie, the Word of God, and be free. It says in Romans 5, verse 17, and I want to read this in the Amplified Bible. Romans 5, verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with Himself. You're, how many of you know you're in right standing with God? Amen. Say amen. amen. goes on to say, reign as kings. Say that with me. Reign as kings in life. Say that again. Reign as kings in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Say, I'm reigning and I'm ruling in Christ Jesus. Now, that, now, don't be scared. Don't be scared of your own shadow. Don't be scared of what the enemy may say. Sister Terry had to say, I'm ruling and reigning in life and I'm not leaving John a widower. I'm going back to America in Jesus' name and we're going to grow old together and we're going to keep doing things together. I'm not dying in this foreign country. You've got to get determined that I am ruling and reigning in this life with Christ Jesus. Now listen, Malachi 4.3 says, And he shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under his soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. How many know we can tread down the enemy? Psalms 108 verse 13 through God we shall do valiantly, for it is He that shall tread down our enemies. And Romans 16, 20 says, And the God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet shortly. How many are ready for the circumstances to change? Now look with me in Isaiah 37. And let me try to get this point out for today. Psalms chapter 37, because I feel that you may need this. Isaiah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Keep me on track here. Isaiah 37. But don't go nowhere. Listen to this. How many have ever wondered why life seems like a struggle? Are you tired of just waking up saying, I hate my life? Do you ever feel like even though you're not in school anymore, you're still being picked on? Well, I want you to see here in Isaiah 37 verse 3. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and of blasphemy. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. Now, what I want to just finish here in the last few minutes here, I'm just going to take this first point here about life being full of trouble. How many know that when that mother is getting ready to deliver, deliver that baby that's been carrying his womb for nine months, that is one of the most dangerous times that there is. And that word trouble there means distress. It's the same word for choking. How many know the enemy wants to kill that baby and kill your future and your destiny before he even starts? Adversity. Anguish. That word trouble means anguish. Intense pain and sorrow. But listen, it's in trouble and pain that I find my strength. You see, it says in Deuteronomy that the mother eagle fluttereth its wings, or in other words, it makes a fan out of its wings to kick the baby out of the nest. 
And it shows the baby what you can use those wings for. Because that baby will fall five or six times and before he hits the ground, that mother grab that eaglet and bring it back to its nest and all of a sudden she'll start flapping its wings and it'll fall again. And I know you've heard this illustration many, many times, but what you've got to understand that is when I'm going through my worst struggle, I'm gaining my greatest strength. That mother knows that that, that eaglet has to gain strength to be able to soar in the altitudes for what it was born to sow into. You aren't called to just be a low flyer. You're called to be a high flyer in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And many times we go through difficulties and troubles because God is building our muscles in these troubles. But the thing that we've got to remember is that determination and not quitting is a key. Determination and not quitting is a key. The Bible says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. I press. Somebody say, I press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Christ in Christ Jesus. Now, this word in the Greek for apprehended means to take something or to forcibly seize a thing. It's a compound word that means to wrap your arms around something and then pull it down, to hold it tight, to throw it to the ground, to tackle it, to conquer it. It means you've got to have a determined fight to completely hold on to it till it is completely yours. And you know, we want everything smooth, but how many of you know, it's, sometimes it's the tough times that make us who we are. Brother Chris likes, and some people like NASCAR racing. Have you ever seen NASCAR racing on TV? Do you see how those, those, uh, those drivers shake a lot in the car? You've seen it personally, huh, Brother Chris? Those drivers shake a lot. Well, I, come to, I read about it that they have certain patches on their tires. And that the drivers of high-performance cars want to feel every bump in the road because that's how they're going to win the race. Us normal people, we want the most comfortable car there is. They even have seats that heat up. And I understand they even have seats that are air-conditioned now. Oh, we want comfort. I want a massaging seat. I want seats that have balloons on the inside of them. I I want heated seats. I want air-conditioned seats. I want electric seats. I mean, they build vehicles now for total comfort. And when they want to sell a car, they tell you about all the comfort in the car. And, oh, I want the comfort. But how many know if you're going to be a high-performance driver, you've got to sometimes get rid of the comfort because that nest means comfort. And if you want to fly and soar, you've got to learn sometimes you've got to feel the bumps in the road. Sometimes you've got to feel exactly where I am in my life and what I need to adjust in and what I need to prepare for. It's the trials and the things I go through that prepare me for my greater days ahead. It's easy to want to quit when things get rough and say, why is all this happening to me? But the more you go through, the less of you there's left and the more of Him there is. When I am weak, I am strong. Now, we want to claim I'm strong. But being strong doesn't come through just claiming it. 
Being strong comes through going through the hard times. And Paul says, and they're saying, Paul, you've written all these letters. You already know what you were apprehended for. You have changed cities. You have brought down pagan religions. Paul, you're the most awesome apostle. You've raised the dead. You've been raised from the dead. You've been beaten with rods. Paul, you are so great. You are so awesome. You already know what you've been apprehended. But Paul is an eagle. He says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm still grasping what I'm still yet not. I am still trying to get a vision of what He has called me to do. I haven't done it yet. I'm still going towards where I'm going to do it. I'm reading a book right now by one of the President Bush's advisors who is a Jewish rabbi. And do you know what he says that the secret of success is? He says, us Jews don't believe in retiring. We don't talk of retirement. We'll work Until we're gone. Well, I want you to know there's something to apprehend no matter how old we are. That's why that ego go into the rocks and it at a hundred years old and it'll break its beak and pull its feathers out and all of a sudden new feathers to come out and when that beak, new beak comes out, his youth is renewed like the eagles, it says in Psalms 103. God is bringing to a place through the trials and the troubles, the things you don't understand. He's wanting to see how bad do you want to apprehend what's waiting for you tomorrow. When I was 11 years old, this is a simple illustration. When I was 11 years old, uh, I always wanted to play the guitar. And I got a guitar when I was about 7, 8 years old. But when I was 11 years old, there was a preacher who said, I'll give you lessons if you'll cut my grass. So 11 years old, I started cutting his grass. And he gave me a few lessons, but then we moved away. And then I found some, Daddy found somebody to give me some lessons. And he had 30 people in his class. And in six months, I was the only one left. And he let me, he said, I'll quit. He says, I'm not giving lessons anymore. This was in Lafayette. He says, there's not enough here to to teach. And I still wanted to learn. So I just kept it before God. And when I was about 14, Dad came home and he bought a guitar from a pawn shop with some strings. He didn't have any strings. He gave me those strings and that guitar. And the Holy Ghost came on me. I put those strings on the guitar. And I'm not lying. I tuned that guitar. And I started playing And I started writing songs. I've written over 16 songs and learned to play the guitar through the Spirit of God. Why? I might have been told, I quit. I can't teach you no more. I can't teach you no more. I can't teach you no more. Somebody might have told you, there's nothing else we can do for you. Some doctor might have told you, or some counselor might have told you, there's nothing else we can do for you. But when they tell you it's over, that means there's a new beginning coming up. When they tell you, let's just quit, you say, I'm not a quitter. If you can't do it for me, I know somebody who can. So don't tell me it's over. Don't tell me we can't. Don't tell me that we've gone as far as we can go. We've never gone as far as we can go. That's why we keep putting that picture of the new buildings and and all the new facilities because this isn't even where we're, we're not comfortable where we are. We know we want to go larger. We want to do greater things. We want to go into more nations. We want to see more people serving God. We want to see more people on staff. We want to see more ministries. We want to see Brother Buddy continue going into the prisons and seeing these men saved and formed. But God wants His people to understand You may be living inside of a situation and your mind may be telling you that you are not living in the truth and you're not seeing the truth and that you cannot make it. But you've got to learn it's time to stop following our heads and start following our hearts. And our hearts is telling us that we were made to soar. We were made to win. We were made to be more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. Now it seems like a lot of people have the wind knocked out of them. Well, today the Spirit of God's telling you, get it back. 
You know, listen, there's a book out, and people say all the time that the church killed their own wounded. Well, listen, today, the wound is being healed. We're not telling you, you'll never make it. The Word of God's telling you, you can. The Word of God is healing you so that you're not even halfway through. You're about ready to face the best days of your life. You're not going under. God is not a God who holds you back and pulls you down. He's the God who pulls you forward and calls you to soar into the high places. And those troubles, that pain, is just to make you somebody who can fly and soar. Because you see, the birds around the earth, they flap. They just flap like crazy to get where they're going. Now the eagles, he says in Proverbs 28:30, it says, As the eagle in the air... In other words, the eagle looks for the air currents. He knows when it's time just to jump out and just soar. He doesn't have to work it. He just follows the air currents. God is teaching us how to be led by the Spirit of God. God is wanting us to learn when I'm going through a struggle, when I'm going through a trouble, when it's bumpy, it's my time to start seeking God. Lord, teach me to wait on you, to renew my strength in you. To better just catch that air current. I know the air currents of the Spirit. I know the sound of the voice of the Lord. I know the high places that you're bringing me into. And I can sense in my spirit, you're telling me, it's not over. I'm not quitting. I'm going forward in Christ Jesus. How many are ready to win? Amen. Amen. Stand upon your feet, please. Hallelujah. That's all I'm going to give you right now. But I tell you, there's a lot more. Amen. Because God wants to build us. Listen, He wants to get you out from those undertakers and caretakers who are nosing around telling you you can't make it. And He wants to get you into the area to where you're soaring into the high places with the Christ Jesus. So just raise your hands right there where you are. And I just want you to praise Him.